probably the most audio-friendly snack, a uh, big bag of Aldi brand Cheetos. Ah, how do they compare to regular Cheetos? Oh, they're so much better. Really? I think so, yeah. Interesting. Oh, Every so, so often, Aldi will hit that note, you know, where you find mm-hmm. the, the generic thing that's just as good or better than... And a lot of times, like, it probably is the same assembly line. I've been on Reddit threads of people who are like, I work on assembly lines, and literally we stop the line, change boxes to, you know, the generic brand, and then start up the line again on, on a lot of these things. Really? It really is wow. just the name on the outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One, uh, it's a Reddit thread, so take I it with a grain of salt. But... Mm, true, true. One product I will tell you for sure that I like better than the name brand uh, are Aldi brand Golden Grams. Mm. They're so good. I've I had my know, eye on Golden Grams since I got back into cereal. Uh, since I'm, you know, having I, since I got back into breakfast, I've mostly been focusing on cereal, and, and I've really forgotten, you know, how much I just love cereal, which ties into the whole Seinfeld thing because you know he's a big fan too. But just like every every time I go to the grocery store, picking out a different one, you know, I started with like my favorites, like Cinnamon Toast Crunch and Reese's. Uh, peanut butter puffs and and captain crunch and lucky charms and and then i've been like branching out to like the ones that aren't as exciting and sugar filled but i still loved when i was little like checks or rice krispies mm-hmm. or um uh, honey nut cheerios you know and and so i really should get uh but i oh honeycomb's yeah. another one i love but i should i i looked at golden <laughs> grams and i was like i think i liked this but Something about it. I, I'm. I might have to grab it again. Yeah, you. Uh, you say you're getting back into breakfast and back into cereal, much like last week. We were asking, do people actually get into meat slicing? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Oh man, I should join. I bet there's a great cereal subreddit where people just talk about all the the great new cereals and and classic cereals and new releases and recipe changes and stuff cuz oh, that's one thing i saw i was like sure. uh, i saw golden grams has like a um like a retro recipe or something like that that they're plugging right now they're like this is what it we used to be like in the old days and i'm like okay well maybe i would maybe i would like that cuz i remember liking it but it never like being one of my favorites um, okay, should we get going? Might as well, yeah. All right, welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. <laughs> it's a show about one thing, watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. Ew. Oh, God. <laughs> what? Ugh. I'm oh. licking the cheese off my fingers, uh, yeah. and I still have, like, wallflower oil from Bath & Body Works on my fingers. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's very, very bad. Very gross. All right, today we will be talking about... Uh, season 9, Episode 8, The Betrayal. But before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode, The Slicer? And I believe we really only had... No, we had little two little bits of homework. Uh, the first was Dr. Dr. Pimple... Uh, excuse me. Dr. Pimple Popper. Did the name of that show come from Seinfeld? And thanks to everyone who chimed in on Twitter saying that. And I'm guessing it was mainly people who had like already Seinfeld fans, mostly going... Oh, yeah, I thought that was, like, if not a ripoff of Seinfeld, a direct reference to it. But you, watching these episodes for the first time, Ted, were like, I don't know, it seems like it might be a coincidence. But I was able to find some information about this. So Dr. Dr. Pimple Popper, in case you have not heard of it, it's a reality TV show on TLC starring dermatologist and internet celebrity Dr. Sandra Lee as she treats patients with unusual cases of facial and skin disorders at her clinic in Upland, Florida. The sixth season premiered July 14th, 2021. So this show is still being made. Uh, and this woman God. first became famous wow. on YouTube and called herself Dr. Pimple Popper. And in an interview with Insider from 2018, before the first season premiered, Lee explained that she didn't struggle to think of a snappy, memorable pseudonym. She said it came to her suddenly, and it was partially inspired by that episode of Seinfeld. No way. Oh, my God. Yeah. She said it's sort of tongue-in-cheek and pays homage to the Seinfeld episode that many of us dermatologists feel a little connection to. Jerry was dating a woman who said she was a doctor, (laughs) but when he found out she was just a dermatologist, he thought less of her. Seinfeld called her Pimple Popper MD, (laughs) so it's a subtle reference to this. (laughs) Yeah. Wow! All right, I will. I will take the L on that one. I will happily take the L on that one. <laughs> I, I didn't think that was the case. But there's, it's just such a distinctive phrase that I was like, it has to be, or she has to play very dumb. You know, it's like, what? I've never. What is sign? What? Who? What's the show? Uh, never heard of it. I didn't think. Uh, I, I think it's like distinctive enough, but I, I was still rolling with like, I think there's a chance, like, because. 
what do you do with pimples? You pop them. Dr. Pimple Popper. It's mm-hmm. not like it's uh, Dr. Doctor Pimple Popper inspired by Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld TM, you know? It's, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It, I mean, it's it's like having a car show. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to call this guy the car mechanic. So fucking what? It's generic, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, but there's something else we love that came into play too. When she first started filming pimple popping videos, which by the way, are one of the most disgusting things on the internet. I have no interest and I don't understand the people who watch these things. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's, it's a disorder and I think it should be looked into and those people should be barred. But so she discovered the <laughs> R popping subreddit, Reddit's community of at the time, roughly 140,000 people. It might be even more now because this was in 2018 who share and discuss pimple-popping videos, and she decided she wanted to post her content there. And she said, I had never used Reddit and noticed that people didn't use their real names, and I didn't know that it was because people were anonymous on Reddit. I just thought you thought it had to have a fake name. So I chose Dr. Pimple Popper <laughs> and also double-checked that it wasn't taken on Instagram, and that's how it all began. Wow. Oh, my God. So I'm guessing that if, like, I'm thinking that she would have just taken Pimple Popper MD but my guess is that was taken on Reddit by 2018. So mm. she ha- she was like, well, I guess I've got to be Dr. <laughs> Pimple Popper, not Pimple Popper MD. <laughs> That's why it's got the subtle change, too. So there we go. Question answered. What about Marsha Cross? I didn't realize until the very end of the episode. I think when you were going through the uh, synopsis and we were changing it, because you were like, Jerry's girlfriend, Marsha Cross. And I was like, holy shit, Marsha Cross? So where was she in her career at the time of this Seinfeld episode in 97? Uh, Marsha Cross was born in, ni- in 1962, so she's 59 as we're recording this. And she acted in daytime soap operas like The Edge of Night, Another World, and One Life to Live before moving to primetime television with a recurring role on Knots Landing. Then from 92 to 97, she starred as Kimberly Shaw on Melrose Place. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Which has been referenced in the Seinfeld universe at least (laughs) one big episode. But, of course, she got huge when she played not. I mean, she got she didn't gain weight. She, you know, her her star rose (laughs) when she. Yeah. Uh, landed the role of housewife Brie Vandekamp on ABC's Desperate Housewives from 04 to 2012. She was nominated for three Golden Globes for that, and she was nominated for a Primetime Emmy. And she has also most recently been seen as President Claire Haas on the ABC series Quantico, hmm. which I started watching when it premiered and then lost interest in pretty quickly. I was yeah. like, I, it was interestingly enough, w- right when I moved to Erie, I lived by myself and like the fall TV was just starting. So I had tons of time to watch everything. And then <laughs> as soon as my wife and daughter came to town, I like dropped all like I was watching Blind Spot and I was watching this Quantico thing and I was watching what's the, the show? The one I really liked was the Brad Cooper movie where he takes a pill and makes him smart. They made a TV show oh, out of that. Limitless. It's actually really good. Limitless. Yeah, that was really good. And then they canceled it. Uh, I was watching Minority Report. They made a TV show of that. I was watching all of this garbage and then i was like oh thank goodness i i don't have to watch that anymore i just clocked out immediately <laughs> out of all of those they they weren't very great but one of the jonas brothers Man, wife you, is, uh, is on quantico do you remember the days when uh, network tv shows were good enough to be nominated for primetime emmys <laughs> <laughs> yeah it seems like 10 years ago or, or maybe a little less <laughs> Yeah, watching them like I think they were as we're as we're recording this. I think they were a little over a week ago. But oh my god, it yeah. was, every nominee was streaming. <laughs> totally, totally. There was the occasional like from This Is Us, blah blah blah. Like oh okay, there was somebody, but no, everything <laughs> was yeah. It, it's like, and the nominees are this guy from Ted Lasso, this guy from Ted Lasso, this yeah. guy from Ted Lasso. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Okay, we fucking get it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I guess I got to check that out. So Cross left Melrose Place after a year and a half when producers refused to give her a pay raise that would bring her closer to the salary of co-star Heather Locklear. Uh, she last appeared in April of 97 with the character being killed off. Spoiler alert, if you were listening to a... Uh, um, Melrose Place podcast or something. <laughs> it, not only if you're listening to a Melrose Place podcast, but both this episode and where you're currently at in that podcast happen to line up with each other. Yeah, they are pre-April of 97. So April of 97, she leaves Melrose Place. December of 97, she's on this episode. Oh my God. Jeez, I didn't realize it was that, that quick yeah. turnaround. Yeah. A month, uh, <laughs> a month after Marsha Cross left... 
Melrose Place, her co-star Laura Layton left for the same reason, that no one was getting paid as much as Heather Locklear. But So someone with a five-year, 114-episode stint on Melrose Place, I'm saying this is a cameo. Yeah, I, I think 100% like maybe even a parenthetical Marsha Cross is not enough. I, I think this should be like special guest Marsha Cross. Yeah, yeah, like put it at the what end. Well, Jerry's girlfriend, like, yeah, yeah, uh, do the whole synopsis and then special guest Marsha Cross at the end. Yeah, totally. Uh, but get this. So we know she played Pimple Popper MD on this episode. On Melrose Place, the role she had was Dr. Kimberly Shaw. <laughs> so she went from playing a doctor to a doctor. That's, I, yeah. that's actually kind of cool. I like that. So I wanted to go back to The Beard, season six, episode 15, and that's the episode where Jerry meets a police officer and he begins lying about the fact that he watches Melrose Place because he's kind of embarrassed about it. He's introduced to Sergeant Tierney. She mentions Melrose Place. Jerry says he's never seen it. And she says, let's put him on the polygraph and see if he's lying. The first question on the polygraph is, did Kimberly steal Joe's baby? So it was about Marsha Cross's character. <laughs> and by the way, that, that, that answer is yes. It happened in season three of Melrose Place, the 94-95 season. The question that breaks Jerry is, did Jane sleep with Michael again? And Jerry says, yes, that stupid idiot. He left her for Kimberly, which did happen in season one. Marsha Cross. He slept with her sister. That happened in season two. And he tricked her into giving him half of her business. I have no idea when that happened. Uh, and then she goes and sleeps with him again. I mean, she's crazy. How could she do something like that? Oh, Jane, she makes me so mad. So the, the continuity um, lines up with the with that Seinfeld episode, which I kind of like. That's, that's incredible. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> And then two years later, Kimberly's on the show. We did have some people chime in, too, with cordless and landline corded phone yes, knowledge. Yes, and I, and I found this from IMDB, that when Elaine's neighbor shorts out her electricity while she's on the phone, she loses her connection. Since it's the 90s, Elaine has a landline that would not be affected by the power failure. The only thing phones needed electricity for in those days was caller ID, and usually even that had a battery. But the telephone Elaine was using was cordless, and cordless telephones will not send or receive calls without electricity. So what happened with her phone call was, in fact, correct. Mm, okay. Yeah, so question answered. And thanks to uh, everybody on Twitter who also chimed in going like, yeah, yeah, that's what I remember. Cordless phones wouldn't work, but the other phones would. Just some other trivia and tidbits here. So that was our only homework. But uh, writers Greg Cavett and Andy Robin wanted to give George a job again because they had a number of work-based ideas for the character that they'd come up with during his stint with the New York Yankees. And so that's uh, why jo uh, George gets this great job uh, in the slicer with Kruger industrial smoothing. Hmm, okay. The beach photo incident was inspired by an incident that happened to Jerry while he was vacationing in Mexico with friends. A local offered to take an instant photo of them for a fee. The chemicals on the photo mixed incorrectly, causing Seinfeld's face to be completely blurred out. The photographer told him he would fix it and return minutes later with Jerry's face hand-drawn onto the photo. <laughs> yeah. Of all the parts of that story to be true, I did not expect it to be that one. Yeah, I, I definitely just expected it to be like an unintentional photobomb. Jesus. <laughs> uh, and finally, Darren Henry, who joined the Seinfeld crew as a production assistant during its fourth season, before writing a handful of episodes during its last two seasons, contributed Elaine's alarm clock problem. When going on trips, Henry would always worry he had forgotten to shut off his alarm, and he thought it'd be funny to have a story which looked at the scenario from the other perspective. And that's um, all the trivia and tidbits. All right. Um, do we got news or anything? Uh, no, except that this is our first episode to be released after Seinfeld has hit Netflix. So congrats to everybody who got to watch it. Because when we record it, we're like three days out from when it actually drops. So yeah, we're uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. So man, if we were able to watch this episode on Netflix, would have been great. I, I don't want to give anything away of like what we think of the episode, but I, I think we did talk off record a couple of weeks ago saying, like, this would have been a great episode to launch our remaining episode run with uh, Seinfeld on Netflix. And I, I agree, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's an iconic and very interestingly done episode, I think, as, as I kind of alluded to last week. And so, yeah, it's, um, it, it would be interesting. to watch. It would be very handy, too, because I would have been able to use the remote and not my phone where the screen goes blank oh. and then I have to pull it up and pause it on Google. Luckily, I was pausing like every I... three seconds just about on this episode. So my phone didn't have a lot of time to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I would have been able to use my remote instead of my fucking xbox controller because i'm watching on the dvds <laughs> in the interim oh yeah 
That's right. Yeah. So I, I can't wait. Uh, you know, we're talking as past and past Tim and Ted here, where I just can't wait to see if the internet has exploded yet over Seinfeld mania. Also, I will um I will say this. I don't know if Netflix will have this option, but the Seinfeld DVDs have the option to play this episode from back to front. That is awesome. <laughs> I, I I might watch it back to front later tonight. Actually, just to I'd love to, to watch it again. <laughs> And if, uh, if Netflix that. has that option, that'd be that'd be really cool. Okay, if you have never listened to this show before, we are not a research-heavy show. Uh, despite the last 29 minutes, mm, uh, g- give or take a couple minutes, w- because this is obviously pre-any editing, which is going to be real fun uh, mm. this this week with uh, with our delay. If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at nohugging on Twitter or nohuggingnolearningshow at gmail.com. Both of those links are in the description. And I want to give a quick shout out to someone who did email us. It's real short. I don't think it's necessary to save this for Newman's mailbag to Will Hall because Will sent us the link to the video that I'm sure both of us saw, both of us watched, and we actually tweeted it out on our account of the 12 minutes of Seinfeld and its movie references. I feel like we got to talk about that at some point. Yes, yeah, and and Joseph Begovdenuts also tweeted it at us. But yeah, I I watched the full thing, and it was was mind-blowing to me because I didn't know how... Shot for shot, they did a lot of these things. Yeah, I I love the ones that were Newman playing Newman's character in whatever uh, movie that Wayne Knight was in. (laughs) That was awesome. I had had no idea he had been in so many movies like that. What was it? I I think uh, JFK, Wayne Knight was in, and Basic Instinct. Was it Basic Instinct 1 or 2? It was definitely 1. Okay. Yeah, I, I think there were definitely some in there that were a stretch, to say the least. Um, because I agree with you that. Can yeah. say, you can say a line from a movie just because it's in pop culture. It doesn't mean you're doing a bit to reference that movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. Unless it was something made famous by, like, Seinfeld, you Magnificent Bastard or whatever. Like, that's definitely a reference to Patton. But there was some other stuff where I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, that's just something you say <laughs> when you're on the phone or what. I can't remember anything specifically, but. Yeah. One I remember specifically was Jerry getting shot was supposed to be a reference to The Godfather. And I'm like, I guess I could see that. But it's also just like a, a dream sequence where Jerry's getting shot. Yeah. And the fact that it like took place inside. I mean, the fact that another guy like goes up and, and shoots him like it was so close. I don't remember if it's from the same episode where he goes, they massacred my boy or whatever, because that was definitely a, you know, that's definitely a Godfather reference. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. I was I was questioning. I, I, that I, one w- too. I yeah. would count that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Will Hall said in his email, he's like, this video made the top of my algorithm and that algorithm is sure earned its supper tonight because it's a good one uh sent us the link and said uh, i know you guys recognize a lot of scenes and our references to movies but i didn't realize there were so many this clears up a bunch and thank you for planning to do the blank podcast next i seriously had no idea it was likely already announced on your patreon when i sent that email a couple months back boy was my email timely yes will it (laughs) definitely was and if you want to know what will is talking about if you want to support the show you can give us a uh, sub on patreon link is down in the description of this episode it's patreon.com slash no hugging we've got a couple of tiers uh five dollars and up gets you access to content and tim i want to ask you something about our email really quick um because i've got like a bunch of spam in here from like twitter from live coco from freedom financial from insta hard <laughs> but <laughs> there's one in here that i i don't think someone signed us up for it i i want to know if you signed us up for this tim this is <laughs> mystery science discourse 3000 oh no it, it's um Okay, uh, yeah, it is. I did, but inadvertently. So, like the message board for the for Mystery Science Theater, I <laughs> I decided to join because I was I I, I uh, gave to their last Kickstarter, and they were like, oh, you know, because you were at this level, you get like a special badge if you join our message board. And I was like, oh well, maybe I should join the message board. I probably won't post anything, but I want that badge. I don't mean like they're even going to mail me anything. I mean like digital badge when I use the message board. So. <laughs> 
they were like, you can sign in with Twitter. And I was like, okay, great. But I was logged in at the time to the no hugging Twitter. And so, uh, um, yeah. And so I had to, I had to like unsubscribe and kill that account and then, and then switch accounts on Twitter. Because in the web client, I'm logged into both, but I happen to be, so it just snagged whichever one. It didn't even ask me. So yes, that was, uh, (laughs) that was my fault, but hopefully it's all changed now. <laughs> I was wondering. I'm like everything else. Like I can definitely tell it's spam. This is so specifically you that I'm like, there's no way. Yeah, and I would have gotten rid of that for you, but as you know, I do not have access to our email. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um. Okay. If you would also like to support this show, uh, but you don't want to give us any money, you can give us a rating and a review over on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. If you do that, we will send you a holographic No Hugging, No Learning sticker, free of charge, while supplies last. I'm I'm currently waiting to buy some more thank you cards, because I am all out of those right now, and I want to get something that is, like, distinctly 90s, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Something that, like, maybe has... The design from like that paper Dixie cup. If I can find one, that that'd be really mm-hmm. cool. But because like the ones I sent out last time were very seventies, and I felt like it doesn't really yeah. fit the vibe of the show, but it works, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you if you are listening to this and you know where I can get some distinctively nineties thank you cards, hit me up, and I will I will send you an extra sticker. I will send you one for both our current show and our next show. I would say check Etsy. That's where I always go when I want specialized birthday cards or mm. thank you notes or whatever. You know, I didn't even didn't even think of Etsy. I, I just figured it would be like, oh yeah, twenty dollars for five of them. It probably will be, but then again, you know, I mean mm. it's it's I buy um Sarah's birthday cards from there. You know, I've gotten her like specialized ones based on stuff that she likes. And I think the last one with like after shipping was like eight bucks. And honestly that's where you're gonna pay at Hallmark for one greeting card. So Oof. Yeah, but for thank you notes, they should be able to just crank them out. I would guess, but I, I don't think know. so. I'll I'll, def- I'll give it a look. All right, so season nine, episode eight, the betrayal. Original air date November twentieth, nineteen ninety seven. I was four years eleven months old whenever this episode came out. If you count this episode and every other episode we've got left, we have fifteen episodes until we become a. Should we become a Doctor Pimple Popper? watch podcast and just until we feel like shutting it off like we'll only talk about the episode up until like see which one of us can make it the longest or see which one of us shut it off first i guess because i don't think i don't want to make it a contest like i have no problem losing but just like how long did you make it how long when did you have to turn it off and then so we'll probably talk about like five minutes of the episode we can do that (laughs) that'd be that'd be fun actually i i would i would enjoy i would enjoy doing that but here's the thing i think both of us need to eat like a bowl of soup prior to oh, watching God. it or or like while we are watching it like get, get yeah, a, or like, a nice hearty bowl of clam chowder and sit down and watch dr pimple popper or maybe we have a different food every time like clam chowder or like cream filled donuts <laughs> <laughs> jelly donuts i mean yeah i'm gonna make some pierogies <laughs> oh god <laughs> yes oh my gosh chocolate lava cake i feel like that oozes in a way that <laughs> would work this this might be an idea that we use for patreon honestly i i would not be opposed to this they've been very good lately they've all been very good but this one yeah uh okay if you are looking at tv guy the night of november 20th 1997 you are gonna see elaine takes jerry and george to india to upset a rival's wedding period kramer is the object of an evil birthday wish dang i don't hate it it's almost like one we wrote, I feel like. Uh, yeah. We'll see if we can make it better at the end or, or see what we think of it at the end. But uh, So we start with a cold close? What? What? We see, the, <laughs> we see the Castle Rock logo and the end credits rolling over Jerry, George, and Elaine walking into Monks. So, Ted, what did you think was going on at this moment? I was confused at first because, uh, like I already said, uh, I was watch- I'm watching this on the DVDs, and the DVD gives you the option to play episode back to front. So I thought I accidentally hit that. So I actually went <sighs> back to the top menu, made sure that I hit play episode the right way, and then it started this again. And then from that point, I knew I'm like, oh, the whole thing's going to be backwards. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. I, I wish, I wonder when you would have caught on, probably like by the next scene, but I wonder when you would have caught on if that hadn't 
happened and you you kind of got it spoiled i guess a little bit i don't know i feel like i feel like i would have caught on by the time it uh flashed back to the the, the first flashback because we don't have flashbacks in the show right yeah yeah i think that's when like by the next scene you would have caught on but elaine's nose is bandaged george is demanding she sleep with him because of something jerry did they just cut off a 23 hour flight and jerry says to george he's sorry about whatever he did, and George tells him, you can stuff your sorries in a sack, mister. No one wants to talk about it when Kramer comes in to see how the trip was, but Elaine slept with the groom. We do get that information, and they went to India for a wedding, and George didn't go to the bathroom the whole time. By the way, did you notice there's a kid's birthday party going on at Monk's? I did. I noticed that there were balloons everywhere. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> and what even now, pathetic. having seen the full episode, I, I don't know what was going on here. <laughs> Like what pathetic kid wants their birthday at the a dine like a corner coffee shop diner New York like unremarkable in every way? <laughs> that was the it's, weirdest it's def- thing. It's the kid that gets the compliments of like, oh, he's just like a little forty year old man. You know those kids. Yeah. But now that kid's birthday, you know, even even in the Seinfeld universe, that kid's birthday would go viral. Like New York One would pick it up. Like this kid loves New York diners so much. You know, like kids always have wacky <laughs> birthday parties. Like just want just just today I saw one where a, a little four year old or something loves Michael Myers, and they got Michael Myers to show yes! up at a birthday party. Oh yeah. man, that's fucking adorable. Horrible. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely that kind of thing. They, you know, it would, it would go viral. Like this kid had his birthday party at a regular old New York diner. Uh, but right now, it's just sad. <laughs> it's just sad to me. <laughs> <laughs> so then we cut to India one day earlier, and we're outside a chapel. And Sue Ellen Mishki is running out, incensed. She is calling off her wedding to Pinter because Elaine slept with him, but it was years ago. Did you catch the music buffer into the scene in India? Was it a Indian-flavored Seinfeld riff? That's exactly what it was. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, it was like on sitar. Yeah, it, it's a, it's an Indian sound of like of the boom, 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 boom. Yeah, I, th- I think they just they subbed a sitar for a slap bass. <laughs> probably both synthesized on Jonathan Wolf's keyboard. I was oh, guess. probably I. Yeah, I. It's probably actually the exact same notes, like that he'll just look at and play without even knowing what he's doing. But just yeah, he <laughs> yeah. and a different instrument. Yeah, it, it, or he had like a MIDI disc that he could like insert and just run the program just with different <laughs> different selections. Sint- sitar instead of slap bass. Boom, I'm done. Elaine blames the group. Jo- George blames Jerry's betrayal of him, and he says he's sorry. Uh, once again, George says you can stuff your sorries in a sack, Mister. And George turns to the woman and says, all right, choose right now, me or Jerry. And she's like, I choose neither. I got a free vacation to India. And by the way, you can take <laughs> off those boots. Everyone knows you're 5'6". And he goes, I'm 5'8". But Jerry gives him a look, and he goes, 5'7". And Sue Ellen <laughs> rips Elaine's nose piercing out. And we also get, I think, George is like dancing because he needs the bathroom really bad at this point. <laughs> yes, yeah. 15 minutes earlier, inside the chapel, Elaine got loaded the night before and has a, a nose a new, that new nose piercing. George is wearing uh, Timberlands that have been painted black and we learn the woman's name is Nina and that Jerry slept with her. Uh, and he says, I'm sorry. And again, George says, you can stuff your sorries in a sack, mister, and insists that it's an expression. <laughs> Every time he says it, Jerry reacts with like, I don't know what that means. I'm glad that we got the full like uh, rule of threes with this. Super early, you know, especially yeah, yeah, yeah. for the payoff of it at the end. Not spoiling anything. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, I loved in this scene where Elaine crosses herself by accident. She starts doing the classic Catholic cross, and then she realizes she's at a <laughs> I don't know Hindu wedding or something, and, and she's like, uh, "Never." She does like the "never mind" motion, like uh, "never mind." <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. George demands that he should get to sleep with Elaine to get back at Jerry. And we get a great Jerry slam on George here. That doesn't punish me. It punishes Elaine, and cruelly, I might add. And then George yells out, (laughs) funny guy! (laughs) (laughs) And Elaine walks back over, and she was like the flower girl, or she was like throwing petals down for the couple. And I love that when she gets up to go chastise jerry and george she brings the basket with her and, and throws still throws all the petals yeah and then, like throws oh them at God. george's face 
And she was like, who cares? Jerry slept with Nina. I slept with Pinter. It's ancient history. And George goes, you slept with the groom at like full volume. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He yells it in this church. <laughs> yeah. Cut to four hours earlier back in New York. Kramer gets nailed in the face with a snowball and then hugs the assailant and says, thank you, FDR. We're even. Oh, my God. Okay. So I got to tell you, I pause this to take my notes and literally, as I pause it, was the exact second that Kramer got nailed with the snowball. And we, we, we can move on, but I just need to send you the photo of exactly when I pause this. Because it made me think of, I think, that Pantera album where the dude is just getting rocked in the face. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait to see this because I say Kramer got hit in the face. Michael Richards get hit, gets hit in the face with a, a snowball. Like, that's <laughs> commitment to your craft. Yeah. Oh, my God. That did not look fun. I would have been like, hey, can we CGI this or something? Like, let's not. I, this is where I draw the line, but not Michael Richards. If you've sent it, I'm trying to send a message to somebody <laughs> and it's currently in limbo. So <sighs> that's okay. We can move on. All right. It, it'll, it'll come through. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it on my lap so it vibrates and I get a little woo when I get it because I, I really do want to <laughs> see it. Um, one hour earlier, this FDR character and Kramer are breaking a wishbone. And it all comes down to whether Kramer will drop dead or not. Kramer's wishing he does not drop dead, and FDR uh, is evidently wishing that he will. But FDR wins, but offers, instead of Kramer dropping dead, a snowball in a cooler. And we know that that snowball was destined to sail at Kramer's face. The night before in India, in Jerry's hotel room, a drunk Elaine lets Jerry know that George knows that Jerry slept with Nina... And she and uh, George found out because, as Elaine says, he schnapped me, <laughs> which is exactly <laughs> what Jerry's doing right now. Yes. And she also clues Jerry into the fact that she slept with the groom. Jerry dumps her in a hallway like a good friend. Like, we don't know where Elaine's room is. Like, you make sure yeah. your friend, especially your female friend in a foreign country, gets back to her room. Yeah, that was that was a little, <laughs> little weird. Um, do we know that... Do we know that the exact Indian translation of Jerry is Jugdish? Great question. Because that, yeah, that she, felt she a little weird. Jerry that. <laughs> There's a lot of that feels a little weird in this episode. Did you feel that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because, like, I, I, I was telling Grace before we started uh, watching it. I was like, I've had a shitty day. I need for this to be a really good episode. I can't watch another stinker. <laughs> ah, well, I, I hope you were pleasantly surprised then uh we'll find out at the end but yeah i, I did love her good night jug dish the, uh, the, uh, as uh, as she is dumped in the hallway because she she we know she leaves the hotel because she got loaded and got her you know she is loaded and she got her nose pierced so it's like i know she's mm -hmm. an adult and stuff like that but she's also very inebriated I, I mean and and i know this goes back to jerry seinfeld being a sociopath but like like i said cares about you, you make sure your yeah, friend like in a foreign you're, country yeah yeah, your your friend is a a drunk woman in a foreign country wandering off by herself. <laughs> you, you should probably probably help her out. Yeah, yeah, that'd it'd be nice if there's not like a Netflix documentary about her in a year or so. You know, that's a one way <laughs> ticket to to that country, uh, to that area. So one hour earlier, we we get this kind of bit that they they go back to the well on this a couple times but you almost gotta go like well when are they going to be able to use a joke like this so for instance jerry yeah. says bless you and then we get three seconds earlier and elaine sneezes and he serves her her first drink of schnapps but i mean it's like it's it's like one of those it's like a groaner but it's also like all right i mean you got to give it to him because when are the when are they going to get this chance again yeah this was uh they did this at least one more time in this episode. This was the only one I really liked. I, I felt like every other time was like, oh, okay. Yeah, maybe they did go back to the well enough because I think the next one on the plane that you might be talking about, I was like, haha, very funny. You know, it yeah. groaned extra hard. <laughs> I just got your picture, by the way, and it looks, it does look brutal. It looks like he's being shot. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> wow. I mean, I think, can we use that for our cover art, or is it, like, too far away this time? 
Uh, that one might be too far away. I, I, I might find something different for the cover art, but I can tweet that for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely do that. Um, let me here. That let was... me tweet that right now, so anybody listening to this knows exactly when we recorded this episode. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. By the way, did you see that we had like a lost tweet from? The last episode, someone tweeted us some, like, behind-the-scenes info or whatever, but by the time I went and looked, they had deleted it or something. I got a notification that we got an app message that was, like, talking at length about Jerry drugging Celia and stuff like that, and then when I went and looked, it was gone. Did you see that? Did you get that notification or anything? Interesting. I, I don't think I saw that. Yeah, I don't. I, 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 whoever that was, uh, send it back. We won't be mad. I don't know. I really want to read what you said about it. So um, anyway, yeah, just I, I forgot to ask you about that earlier. We won't be mad. Just tweet us again. Okay? We promise we won't be mad. Um, where the hell am I? Okay, so one hour. I think we just oh, oh, did the... Um, then we're at the, I yeah. think we're in New, New York two hours drink. earlier. Yeah, at a park two hours earlier back in New York. Kramer and FDR get into a wish battle. First, Kramer says that he wished on the star that he wouldn't drop dead. And FDR says, I wished on the same one that you would. Then they start throwing coins into a fountain. Then they start pulling their own eyelashes out, which was painful to watch. <laughs> yeah. And I like that when Kramer comes up, FDR is running a hot dog stand in the park. And Kramer comes up and says he wants one with everything on it. Did you notice what everything was? I didn't know. What was it like? Mustard and nothing else? That's right. That's everything. (laughs) (laughs) One with everything, please. Here you go. Mustard, and that's it. (laughs) Yeah. I I, uh, I thought that was... And you know what? I only caught that on my second watch. I actually got to go back and watch this episode because I had two minutes left and then it was like four o'clock and I was like, well, if I start the episode now, I can watch it all again and then watch those last two minutes. And so I only caught that when I was like, what the hell? You only put mustard on it and gave it right to him. That's everything. (laughs) Um, Now, three hours earlier, back in India, we're at an airport and Jerry... uh, Elaine's like, "What's it's so hot and what's that smell? And Jerry says, I think it's the stench of death. And this is a part where I, I i just wrote down racist question mark yeah if it's not it doesn't feel good because not only are you know is jerry like well this country smells like the stench of death and also the airport seems to be like some sort of open air market i'm like all right come on there's there's yeah. no way like one of the top 10 economies in the world you're flying from new york city <laughs> To this airport looks like that. I mean, I think this is a a slightly racist portrayal of what life in India is like by the set designers or something. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they just tell me I'll fly into a smaller regional airport or something. But, you know, I doubt this is what the one in Mumbai looks like or, or whatever. You know, I don't even know. If, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know what the biggest city in India is. But it, it felt it felt weird, as we said earlier. That felt weird. Um, but Nina wants to make sure that George has other shoes and he's not going to wear the Timberlands the whole time. <laughs> Elaine thinks Sue Ellen doesn't want her there. And I guess she's kind of like picking them up from the airport. But Elaine is so excited to see Elaine. And she asked her to be not only her maid of honor, but her best friend. Uh, and, I think you said Elaine uh, is so excited to see Elaine. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Sue Ellen's so excited to see Elaine that she asked her to be her maid of honor and her best friend, which Elaine is delighted at. And Jerry asks if Elaine noticed that George was acting weird on the plane. And Elaine starts sort of hemming and hawing. And Jerry goes, hey, look what they had on the plane. Schnapps. Uh, No. Uh, not to skip over this, but uh, this is where, uh, because we had heard his name before, the groom's name is Pinter. This is where Elaine comes face to face with Pinter and she just goes, Peter? And Sue Ellen goes, no, Pinter. Yeah. And he even does a little like, don't mention that. You know, he even like yeah. sends Elaine a little <laughs> coded physical message I noticed on the rewatch. Yeah. So she's like, no, it's Pinter. So we know there's something up there. As we already heard, she has slept with the groom. The night before on a New York City rooftop, Kramer does make that wish on a star and someone yells for him to uh, to shut up and then drop dead i thought this was great just kramer yelling i wish i don't drop dead hey you shut up no drop dead real quick Five hours earlier, somewhere between New York and India on an airplane, 
we get the evidence that George was acting weird when he comes up to Jerry. And I, I did love the funny guy runner through this whole thing. Funny guy! Funny guy! Oh, I just, you know, I just <laughs> want to come up and talk to my friend Jerry Seinfeld. He's a, he's a funny guy. And, and Jerry has no he's, idea what's he's going my, on. He's like, he's my best friend and uh, we've got no secrets. <laughs> yeah. And Nina is, meanwhile, back wherever they're sitting asking Elaine if she told George. And Elaine's like, no, it's in the vault. Uh, and this is where we get the uh, Elaine walking by Jerry saying, what time is it? And he says, you just asked me two minutes ago, two minutes earlier. What time is it? Oh, I'm not wearing a watch. And then uh, he notices, did you chip? Is that tooth chipped? And she goes, yeah, I have no idea how it happened. <laughs> and we cut to one day earlier at Monk's where Elaine is biting the top of a glass bottle of schnapps and drinking it openly in monks like they just brought a bottle of liquor into a restaurant (laughs) yeah jeez also we don't get her like chipping her tooth here did you catch that she just bites yeah i mean i guess it slams it back and sits it down with her hands it's not like she breaks her tooth here i'm thinking that she did it on the bottle is what is implied maybe I i mean like anytime i've chipped a tooth I've, like, uh, jumped and be like, ah, oh, my God, you know? I haven't, like, completely no-sold it. She also, um, you know, is, is inebriated. So, I mean, that, that made it t- might have taken care of a little bit of the pain that might have been associated with it. But also, she does go, ugh. She does have a weird reaction to, and it might be the shot mm, of schnapps, but also, I think it's, I think it's, it, it, just for the fact that it comes right after, she's like, yeah, I don't know how I chipped my tooth. I'm like, I wouldn't think biting glass would do it either, but, you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess it was just a funny, tran- you know, a funny back and forth to get us transition to the next, yeah, the previous yeah. scene, I mean. But I did like that as many times as they've gotten in trouble in Monks, drinking an entire bottle of alcohol that was already open when you brought it in, <laughs> Will not get them in trouble with monks. <laughs> yeah, just a okay. Yeah, th- like Jerry got in trouble for bringing maple syrup in, or somebody did. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I just thought that was funny. But Elaine has told George everything, and she's like, "I'm not going to tell you anything else." He's like, "You already told me everything." It's like, okie dokie. <laughs> <laughs> And then we cut to 30 minutes earlier at Newman's. He was supposed to give Kramer his birthday wish. But as Kramer says, he wasted it on this hot new girlfriend that is sitting on his lap. And Jerry is in there. This was a good exchange, though, when Kramer's like, does your girlfriend have to be here? And Newman's like, does yours? And it pans up and Jerry's sitting there. That was such a good, <sighs> rare Newman burn on Jerry. <laughs> no, like a, a burn uh, on Jerry and on Kramer. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> Uh, but Jerry is hiding from George in there, and the girlfriend gives Kramer an idea for wishing on a shooting star, making a wish to cancel out the other guy's wish. Jerry gets in a pretty solid postal scam where you know she starts loving on Newman. He's like, you know, he's a postman, right? <laughs> Fifteen minutes earlier in Jerry's apartment, Superman is on the shelf. Uh, Elaine is giving out tickets to India, saying she got this invite for the wedding one week before it's supposed to happen, indicating that uh, you know probably she doesn't want Elaine to actually go there. A- and George had a great time with Nina, and George's reaction too to getting a ticket. He's like, here, you come to India with us. How long? Three days. Okay, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, <laughs> But also, Kramer doesn't want to go because he's going to drop dead. And so George is like, great, we can bring Nina. And Elaine already knows what happened with Jerry, evidently. And George, you know, asks Elaine what's going on. And she's like, oh, uh, Nina, Nina, what's with Nina? And has a horrible poker face. And on their way down to Monks, George grabs the bottle of peach schnapps. Uh, I want to I wanna make mention of this. There's a quote in here that I loved. It's when Elaine walks in with the invite, and uh, she says something like, Spite never sleeps, and then she's handing Jerry the ticket, and yeah. Jerry's like, yeah, especially when you got a layover in Sarajevo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. 30 minutes earlier, out on the street, Kramer is pounding on a porta potty for Lomez when Newman rolls by in a Corvette with this woman that we saw. Uh, in the scene a little bit later, this new girl, and he's uh, she is enraptured with the postal industry and all of the stuff that he's telling her. Did you catch what he was saying to her? I did. I know. I remember that uh, zip codes are meaningless. Oh, he he says, you know, all certified mail is registered, but registered mail is not necessarily certified. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, I can listen to you talk about the postal service all day, and then that's when he says, I'll let you in another secret. Zip codes, they're meaningless. <laughs> I was really hoping we'd see Lomez in this scene. Yeah, me too. I'm kind of surprised <laughs> that we, we didn't even get like an ADR voice for him. <laughs> yeah, that would have been nice too. Larry, bring Larry David back to be Lomez's voice. 
<laughs> yeah, it was. I, I guess we never see Lomez, and this is just another tease. October is Halloween month with No Hugging, No Learning. Join us over at patreon.com slash no hugging, where you can get access to a spooky movie review every week of October with someone from the Seinfeld universe. We're covering the film debuts of Jason Alexander and Julia Louis-Dreyfus with The Burning and Troll, respectively, and also Hocus Pocus with Seinfeld legend Bette Midler. You can get access to a full month of movie reviews for just five bucks. Patreon.com slash no hugging. One day earlier in Newman's apartment, uh, it is his birthday, and all of his postal friends are there, and they're like, hey, Newman, hurry up, make a wish. We got to get back to work in three hours. Another great postal dig, courtesy of Seinfeld. Which, which assuming, assuming that they take three-hour breaks based on the episode that we watched a couple of weeks ago, they're already like into their three-hour break, but they have three hours yeah. left on their break? From that moment, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking it's something, yeah, it's an extended, even longer than three hours. Uh, but Kramer rushes in and says he needs Newman's birthday wish, but Newman's on a hot streak. The last five birthday wishes he made came true, but as a deal, uh, he wants Kramer's next 50 wishes. Kramer tries talking him down to 48, but they settle on 49. <laughs> And as Newman goes, so Newman agrees, but as he goes to make his wish, he sees the model on the magazine cover that he's holding and begins to blow out the candles. And we know what happens there. One day earlier in Jerry's apartment, Elaine comes in talking about Sue Ellen and the wedding. And she's like, oh, I went and talked to, uh, you know, the groom's parents. And it's obvious they just want a gift. And Jerry's trying to get her out of the apartment as quickly as possible. But Nina comes out from the bedroom. I loved what Elaine was calling the whole situation. She called it the Mishki Mishmash. Mishki Mishmash. Yeah, that was a very Seinfeldian phrase. But, you know, she's like, George, Jerry's like, George can never know. Uh, so it's the only time it happened. There was an awkward pause. And she's like, oh, don't worry. I'll put it in the vault. And he was like, not good enough. Too many people know the combination. She's like, what do you mean? And he does the <laughs> pinky and thumb as a bottle motion, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. I love the way he does that. And and then he sees that there are Fruit Loops and milk in his kitchen drawer. And the <laughs> next scene is, line, oh yeah. my god, this drawer is filled with Fruit Loops. Elaine just goes, so? <laughs> and Jerry picks him up. He's like, and milk. And milk, yeah. And then the next scene is 30 minutes earlier. Kramer overfills a bowl full of cereal and spills it and scrapes it all into the drawer. But <laughs> that means he was there while Jerry was boning Nina. Maybe he was. Well, we did get a, a line of someone saying, is someone there from the bedroom? Yeah, so Jerry goes like, hello. I, I, so maybe he was. Maybe Kramer was listening to Jerry and Nina. Yeah, it's, it's only 30 minutes prior to the previous scene, and, and Nina comes out of the bedroom. I mean, Kramer was in there while that was going on. Yeah, I, Just weird. If he, wasn't, <laughs> if he wasn't, that would have to mean that Kramer left while J it was only Jerry, and then within 30 minutes, Nina came over, talked to Jerry, there was an awkward pause, they boned, then Elaine came over, you know? Yeah, I mean, 30 minutes is... You know, I feel like even Jerry Seinfeld is a more generous lover than that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> there, there's, a, there's a reason he keeps getting all these. I feel like that just 30 minutes, are, and there are, he's already back in the bedroom. I don't know. It, it seems quick, but maybe they wanted it to be quick because it's, you know, it was so forbidden. Yeah, I don't Jer know. So what you're saying is Jerry Seinfeld knows how to please a woman. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I decided I decided not to be filthy with that, even though I've said the word fuck 20 times so far in this episode. Yeah, I mean, we've already had an episode where he called everybody to make sure they had orgasms. Yeah, absolutely. You know. <laughs> so, but but I don't know. What is it? What uh, Twitter? What do you think? Was Kramer there while while Jerry and Nina were boning? <laughs> Let us know. One hour earlier at Peter slash Pinter's pl parents place which was at, or actually it still is at, 164 West 79th Street. It's still a, an apartment building or a condo or, or whatever it is there. Uh, in fact, there is a, an apartment on sale right now, a two-bedroom, 1.5 bath, one-and-a-half bath place. Uh, how much do you think that is, Ted? Uh, for sale, uh, yep. 2.4 mil. 1.2. You doubled it. Ooh, wow, damn. Yeah. Budget. I know. Okay. <laughs> but here's the thing. So it, it it's a nice place. I mean, it's on the Upper West Side. It's right near, uh, you know, the Natural History Museum. It's like a block away from that. And it has a doorman from 8 to midnight. Uh, it's got a child's playroom. It's got a beautiful roof deck, on-site laundry. But 
you may want to update the kitchen and the bathrooms if you buy it. Even the listing says that. It's like you're probably going to want to update those. But it has air conditioning. and Interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's nice, but yeah, it, it's a bit of a fixer-upper for $1.2 <laughs> Two-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath, $1.2 <laughs> And I, I did kind of like this bit. We can discuss whether it um, is is racist when he's you know she's like oh hello mr and mrs uh Aranawat. what's his name i forget his last name even but they're like oh please call us usha and zubin yeah it, it is Ranawat, but yeah the the name's usha and zubin yeah you're right yeah and, he's, and she's like well usha looking at the guy and he's like i'm zubin i did like that bit but i was like are we making fun of non-white names you know <laughs> Like, is that the, it, it probably was the least <laughs> I, I, egregious joke like that of the whole episode. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think you're right with that. Because I feel like, you know, I mean, it wasn't really making fun. It was it, like anybody would be embarrassed in that situation. I think Elaine was, you know, I think that's the way they play it. But they try to talk Elaine out of going to India because it is so awful. Like they're from India and they're talking about just how bad it is. In fact, this is where um, Zubin says, if I went to India, I wouldn't use the bathroom the whole time I was there. They still have the plague. And they give her the registry. They're like, send a gift instead of going all the way to India. You'll be so glad you didn't go to India. <laughs> now, if this felt not racist coming from Indian people, but it was probably not written by an Indian. Oh, 100%. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's even a woman on the Seinfeld writing team. I think it's just all white men. They might have been by this point. You're right. And that's when I was like, well, this feels weird, as we've been calling it this episode. Now this feels weird. All this talk about bashing India. Back over in Jerry's apartment, Jerry and Nina are there, and they're having a great conversation and hanging out, and and just they're such good friends, and they've never had a bad conversation, Jerry points out, that... Yeah, there's not even any awkward pauses. That's probably why we've never fooled around. And then wouldn't you know it, we got an awkward pause. But I loved, this was some great acting by Jerry, uh, some rare great acting by Jerry Seinfeld. And he's like, <laughs> I loved when he was like, he just mumbles like, eh, prob, prob, prob reason. <laughs> he kind of just says prob reason. <laughs> prob, prob reason. <laughs> and then they throw each other on the kitchen counter and begin presumably making love. One day earlier, Kramer is so this was this was I'd say the third time joke that they did because Kramer is finishing what looks like it was a gigantic like all day sucker lollipop kind of thing, and FDR tells yeah. him, "Yeah, I want you to I want you to drop dead." Ten minutes earlier, the lollipop's a little bit bigger, and he's over at Jerry's, and he's like, "No, go back over there and ask him." You know, I'm sure he doesn't want you to drop dead. Ten minutes earlier, the lollipop's a little bit bigger. You know, now it's like half a lollipop. We find out FDR's birthday wish was that Kramer drops dead. And then ten minutes earlier, Kramer's got a full lollipop in Jerry's apartment. And talking about his friend, FDR, Franklin Delano Romanowski. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was that's hilarious and a great trivia team name if you if you need one. <laughs> I think that's great. You know, he tells him about this, the birthday wish and getting the evil eye from FDR and George is like oh, everyone's you know they're like everyone's cranky on their birthday. I wouldn't worry about it. I'm sure he didn't mean it and George is like, "Yeah, you know, all your friends are in your house and you're looking around going, "These are my friends." And Jerry goes, "Every day is my birthday." I loved that. I loved that delivery <laughs> in line and everything. <laughs> And Elaine comes in with the invitation for Sue Ellen Mishki, and they call it a non-vite or an unvitation. Uh, <laughs> and George points out that he is rocking Timberlands, and it gives him an extra two inches of height. And he gets Jerry to call Nina and double-check that they've never slept together. And Elaine's like, oh, is this a great conversationalist that you say could replace me? And Jerry's like, I was kidding. But George is like, you said the same thing to me. And then George is <laughs> like, oh, something's not sitting right. Uh, in his stomach and then we cut to one hour earlier where he orders the clams casino at monks <laughs> <laughs> did you did you notice jerry's outfit in this scene it was like especially normcore in in his apartment or in monks i feel like it's both but it was more obvious in his apartment that he's, he's wearing oh like, yeah jeans, he's wearing like the full, and he's wearing he's wearing the full denim tuxedo yeah, but al- almost it's like there's a little twist on it, too, because he's got jeans and then the denim shirt that matches the color of denim that he has. So it looks like a jumpsuit. But then he's also got like another brown button up that could have been kind of a, a, a jacket, but it didn't look very thick like a jacket. It was a very th- if it was it, it looks like another button up shirt that he put on over the denim shirt. 
Looks like he's wearing a button-up over a button-up, and then he's got jeans that are the same color as his top. It was really weird. Um, but it, I, I thought this was, for all the you know like racist talk this episode, I thought this was a, a, a woke moment for Seinfeld when George goes like, all right, what, you know, what's wrong with this Nina person? You know, what, is she a man? And Jerry goes, are uh, you? Yeah. But what it, a great... Just, I, I just, thought that was a fine, like... It, I, at its core, it's still... Uh, it it's still not a great joke. I guess so because even Jerry's "Are you a man?" is is loaded with sexism, but also it like it plays to. I feel like rather than because it is, it's weird. It's obviously transphobic that leads like, oh, why hasn't Jerry Seinfeld slept with a woman? Oh, she must be really a man. But then he's like, you know, are you? It's like it, to me, it rang more to like, not are you masculine? To me, it rang more like, are you mature? You know, are you are you I, old? Yeah, you know, are you? Yeah, I guess, but I mean. Given everything that's already happened in this episode, <laughs> I, I don't think arguing whether or not this may or may not be a transphobic joke is gonna <laughs> is gonna like make up for everything else that feels weird. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> No, no, but it it did age. I feel like it aged well. Like, and maybe I'm even misreading it because it's so far removed from 1997, and like they did mean something that's even going over my head now because it's so of a different time. But um, I when he when he when he shot back at George with that, I was like, good for you, Seinfeld. A lot of people might not confront their friend over a comment like that, but Jerry did. So yeah, I don't know. It it just uh, is a it was a, a rare woke moment in the entire series. I feel like Jerry explains that you know he's never slept with her because he couldn't make the transition from conversation to sex because there are never any awkward pauses because she's such a great conversationalist. And I love George's line here. I'm all awkward pauses. <laughs> and then he realizes he's like, oh no, I I have to wear these Timberlands all the time now, or I will lose two inches. We were eye to eye. I can't go to eye to chin. He has to wear these every time he sees her now. <laughs> 30 minutes earlier, we see FDR give Kramer the evil eye and blow out his birthday candles. And Kramer has his full lollipop there. There was also a poster on the wall that I swear I recognized. I think it's from Friends, that Mysteries of New York poster. Did you see that? No, I didn't. It's, it's pretty quick because it cuts from the wide angle of the party to the close shots of Kramer and FDR. But I'm going to write that down for next week and see where I saw that. I feel like one of the friends has it hanging up in their apartment or something weird like that. Yeah, and then 10 minutes earlier, out on the street, George and Jerry are walking as the opening credits are rolling. Oh, man. <laughs> And George is in his Timberlands, and, and Jerry notices, and that's when they run into Nina. Three hours earlier, Elaine gets the invitation and says, yeah, right, but then we see the title logo flashes on the screen. So now we're like two minutes from the <laughs> end of the episode rather than two minutes from where the episode starts. Two years earlier, we are at Monk's, and it's snowing, and Nina is there, and explain she's explaining the World Wide Web and email to Jerry. They're ending another one of their great conversations. George walks in with Susan, and Jerry says that like the date went great, and I think she could be the one. George tries to order French fries, but switches it to a baked potato at Susan's insistence and says, sorry. And this is where she says, you can stuff your sorries in a sack, mister. <laughs> this made me... I don't know. This made me a little sad, actually. Yeah, it was it was good to see her again because I feel like with all the news that's come out about Heidi Swanberg and how the cast didn't like her or whatever, and everyone's like, "Oh no, no, that 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 wasn't it." Whatever. I'm I'm glad they had her back in the last season. You know. Yeah. But it it did it was a, an odd reminder of where we've come from too. And Kramer runs in with an ice ball, and then he sees his buddy FDR, and he's going to nail him in the back of the head. Uh, Elaine comes in with Peter a.k.a. Pinter, for much later in the episode, and leaves immediately when she sees Jerry and George there. By the way, i got to write down here, because this is the last <laughs> time we're going to see him. The actor that played FDR, I really recognize. Oh, really? Yeah, did you not recognize him from anything? I feel like he was even on something I, like uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway or something back in the day. I thought he looked familiar, but I, I have no idea who he is. I, I don't know what he was in, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might be getting him mixed up with a different actor, but I, I guess we'll find out next week maybe when I when I see what he's been in. But I'm definitely going to write that down. And then we cut to 11 years earlier where Jerry is moving into his apartment. We get a great shot of they emptied out his apartment set. I wonder if I wonder if they shot this knowing that they had to strike his set to make room for the Merv Griffin set. 
I wonder if they shot this out of order, you know? Oh, or maybe before they put everything back in. They were like, wait, just put the walls up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's what I mean, yeah. it's. I forgot they had to strike that whole set, so it was already done. So perfect, yeah. No, no, that's... Uh, that's a great catch. I totally forgot about that because I, I was I felt bad for all of the teamsters that had to like for for this thirty for not even thirty seconds for this like three second shot of Jerry's empty apartment. Get rid of everything that you can see and move. But they had just done that the week before, so yeah, they probably yeah they either yeah, filmed they, this first. They, yeah, they yeah they either got this like right before they struck the walls down or right before they put everything back in. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So Jerry is moving in and he meets his next door neighbor who is listed on the buzzer as Kessler, but he's actually Kramer and he offers him some pizza and he's like, oh, no, I, I wouldn't want to impose. And he's like, oh, come on, we're neighbors. What's mine is yours. And Kramer looks around the apartment and goes, <laughs> really? And then we get an audio stinger. I'm sure you heard this one. Yeah. Yeah, because the same came so quickly. Uh, we get Elaine saying, can I jug dish? And that's it. Oh, my God. Okay. Wow. <laughs> what do we have for homework this week? Is Jugdish the actual Indian translation of Jerry? Where do we? Where have I seen that Mysteries of New York poster before? And who's the actor that played FDR? Okay. Yeah, that seems seems nice and quick. Not bad. Um, what do you like for cover art this week? Well, I, are, I, I do like the picture of, of Kramer getting nailed. But besides that, <laughs> um, there's probably a good shot of them at the wedding... Or maybe in the very, like, the very, quote, the end slash beginning where they're all at Monks. That's not bad. Because all four of them are there. There okay. might be a good shot there. What do you think? I, I, I like I like all those. I, I can't really think of anything better unless I can get a wide shot of everyone outside the chapel in India. But I don't think there's a yeah, wide shot with yeah. everybody. Yeah. I got to say, I thought it was weird that Nina was like, fuck you guys. I got a free trip to India. I thought that was whack of her. Very whack of her. Yeah. Like, not only that, she still has to fly back with them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And now she's not even going to be friends with Jerry, who, you know, she has great conversations with. <laughs> yeah. And allegedly great sex with. Yeah. 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 I feel like uh, she's not, although I, I think she's one of the most attractive Seinfeld girlfriends, uh, of, uh, most attractive of Jerry girlfriend. I like her voice. I like the way she looks and everything. But but that at the end when, and maybe it's because they were like bargaining over over that sex. You know, she was involved in that like, well, because Jerry slept with you, I get to sleep with his ex-girlfriend. You know, it's like, okay, well, I don't want to be a part of any of this. You know, like it goes back to like the, the virgin yeah. not wanting to be a part of the <laughs> masturbation contest. You know, it was like when she found out they did that. <laughs> It was like, okay, well, th these people are deranged, you know, and so maybe that's where it comes from. But it was still messed up of her to go, free trip to India, bitches, and then peace out. Where were you walking? She was leaving. Where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> You're literally still in India. You still have to fly <laughs> yeah. back with these people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I like all of those for, for cover art. All right, let's, uh, let's see what we can do about this week's episode description. Okay. All right, so we had... Elaine takes Jerry and George to India to upset a rival's wedding, period. Kramer is the object of an evil birthday wish. <laughs> I can't touch it. Yeah, I I think this is near perfect. We, we've only had like a few yeah. of these in our entire run. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they did. You, you feel like this, they would have tried to be like, Jerry and George have complications over a new woman. Elaine slept with the groom of it. Like they would have given away everything and then include, but no, they like, they, mm -hmm. they nailed it. It's a perfect tease. Yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've got <laughs> Elaine, Jerry and George in one single sentence. You've got Kramer yes. doing his own thing in a single sentence that isn't drawn out. It, it's perfect. Yeah. We can't touch it. We cannot make this one better. Yep. Congrats. Oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, what did you think, ultimately, of this episode? I, I just, I think it's genius. I mean, I can't think of any uh, sitcom that's done something this ambitious and pulled it off as well. And yeah. it, there's a lot of good I, laughs um, in here. I, I think I just have to star it based on, you know, what they set out to do and the fact that they did it. Yeah, I think that given, huh, I, I, I know, I feel like this episode <laughs> itself is going to spawn a think piece article uh, written by someone, written by a college student on medium.com within the next year with Seinfeld coming to Netflix. It's it's going to be titled something like remembering Seinfeld's backwards episode in more ways than one. You oh, know? love but, it. Yes. With, with all of the 
Bosco. Jesus. <laughs> With all of the maybe racist stuff in here and all and the was it a transphobic joke and and everything about it that felt weird as we have been saying for the last hour and a half i still have to star this episode i i still thought this was hilarious yeah pretty amazing that they pulled this off as well as they did I, I do and, and know, by the way, article oh, yeah. gets written too. It, as soon as that article gets written, we'll have to we'll have to see if we can have the author on whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah. show we are doing at that time. I do know that this concept is based on a play by, and then the play even might might even be called the betrayal as well. But uh, the play is by a, a playwright named Harold Pinter, who I believe was Indian. Did you say it was also maybe named the same thing, too? I think so. I'm sure we'll delve into this uh, at the beginning of next week's episode, but... But I do know that, yeah, it's it, it yeah, that, that he was Indian and it, the the betrayal possibly is the name of the play, but it's also told in reverse like this. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, next week we have got season nine, episode nine, The Apology, original air date, December 11th, 1997, three weeks after this episode, marching closer and closer to my fifth birthday and if you are looking at tv guide the night of december 11th 1997 you are going to see jerry dates a woman with few inhibitions about her body george awaits an apology and kramer mm. researches short showers aha i i like i'll be interested this is one time when i definitely veer from jerry based on what his problem with the girlfriend is so uh, it'll be interesting to talk about that next week but yeah this all this sounds like a pretty good episode i think we got a good one on deck all righty a good episode to start our run of seinfeld on netflix i can't wait <laughs> um, and an interesting one for people to watch in 4k because it it uh you know deals with the aforementioned a lack of inhibitions or whatever so oh uh, we i know Ooh. neither of us have it but yeah maybe i'll uh upgrade to 4k for the time being for, for this for this one episode <laughs> yeah yeah just keep it for i mean the next you know few months until we're done i guess <laughs> all right is that it yes that is it all right for no hugging no learning i'm tim murphy i'm ted hollowell be good be good